0: Good afternoon, welcome to Sports Nothing But Sports with Kent Sterling for Wednesday, August 28th, 2019. Brought to you by the great people of today's dentistry, telling you, Dr. Mike O'Neill, best dentist that there is. I've been a a patient there 26 years. I'm telling you the truth. I've been there. I've done that. I've been around the block. I've seen a bunch of dentists, Dr. Mike O'Neill and his staff. Absolutely A-plus, the best, 317 849 Give them a call, become their next new patient. Let's talk about sports. The Indianapolis Colts and Andrew Luck, people talking on the radio, people talking in restaurants. Is Andrew Luck going to come back? What if he feels better? Andrew Luck is not coming back, and I'll give you two great reasons. One of two things is going to happen, okay? Number one, Andrew Luck is going to continue to feel the pain that football has caused him. If that happens, he isn't coming back because it's that pain that drove him away. The second thing that could happen is that pain stops. It fades. It evaporates. What does that do? That affirms his decision to leave football because all of a sudden he feels good again without the game of football. Why in the world would he come back to the thing that caused him to be miserable in the first place because of all that pain? It doesn't make sense. Andrew Luck is an elite-level student. He is a very, very smart guy. He convened a bunch of people in his circle of trust. He went through it. He talked it out with guys. He slept on it multiple nights. He came to the conclusion that it was time for him to walk away from the game. None of the factors that caused him to walk away are going to change. None of the factors that are important to him about football could motivate him to come back. Okay? And what I'm talking about there is money. It's not about money for Andrew Locke. Andrew Locke is never going to be as poor as he is today. He is going to build wealth and then build more wealth and then build more wealth. This isn't going to be Antoine Walker, who made a bunch of money in the NBA and then all of a sudden woke up one day and he was broke. That will not happen to Andrew Luck. He is going to continue to make money exponentially. He's going to close the curtain and has closed the curtain on the first act of his professional life. And Act 2, the curtain's going to open, and he's going to move forward. He's not going back to Act 1. That isn't going to happen. He's going to do what's next. He's going to do it at a high level, and he's learned how to do that from his dad. His dad, Oliver, played in the NFL for five years, and then he went and got his law degree, and he became an athletic administrator at the highest level. Now he's a commissioner of the XFL. He worked for the NCAA. He worked for NFL Europe. He's a guy who has figured out how to be very, very successful doing what he loves without being a player in professional football. Andrew Luck's going to do exactly the same thing. Maybe not as an athletic administrator, but maybe as an architect. That was his major when he was at Stanford. This is a guy who's going to do something else exceptionally well, and he's going to take care of the money he's got. Money will not drive him back to the game. Nostalgia will not drive him back to the game. Uh, a lack of pain is going to fortify his resolve not to be a part of the game he is not coming back put that out of your head if you need something to think about other than that look at the mock drafts for 2020 and try to figure out which of these quarterbacks would look great in a Colts uniform if Jacoby Brissett can't do the job I think Brissette's got a hell of a chance. He's got a great roster around him, uh, and by great, I mean way, way better than that roster that was around him in 2017, the last time he got this opportunity and led the Colts to a 4-11 and record, right? This, a much better group of guys, much better coaching staff, better uh, operationally, in, in Chris Ballard's third season as the GM than the Colts were in his first. Jacoby Brissett is going to be a serviceable quarterback who may one day be a bona fide starter in the National Football League. We'll see if that comes to pass. I think the Colts have got a shot at the playoffs. A Super Bowl, I don't think there's any way they get that done. You look at Super Bowl teams throughout the years, not very many of them got to the Super Bowl with a mediocre starting uh, quarterback. And Jacoby Brissett, among the starting quarterbacks in the NFL, Frank Reich says top 20. He's always talking about top 20. If Jacoby Brissett is in the top 20 of NFL starting quarterbacks, he's somewhere between 18 and 20. And you don't get to the Super Bowl, with that level of quarterback so the Colts I think next draft they're going to look to upgrade in that position are they going to bring in Brock Osweiler to be a veteran backup they uh, according to reports had him in town he visited looked at things he's got a great arm Uh, A terrific arm, and and for whatever reason, after kind of being handed the keys to the franchise at a couple of different places, just kind of hadn't gotten it done. But as a backup, I think he's fine. The Colts, you can bet that they are not real. uh, They... I think they're optimistic about Chad Kelly. I don't think they're optimistic about Philip Walker and his ability to lead this team. And through weeks one and two, it's going to be Philip Walker as the backup quarterback for Jacoby Brissett. Philip Walker in preseason games against twos and threes has not looked real good. He has not been great. He's played a little bit against the ones, I think, for the uh, Cleveland Browns, but not real good stuff from Philip Walker. Not a starting-level quarterback in the National Football League. A guy who's going to do good work on your practice squad? Absolutely. But a potential starter? Absolutely not. Chad Kelly has arm talent that is unbelievably he's got great feet, but what you gotta hope is all the craziness of his past, which isn't so long in his rearview mirror. It was just Halloween of last year where he wound up walking, uh, stewed, into the homes of, uh, or the home of some people, sat on their couch and mumbled incoherently until the police were called. And then a, uh, the occupants of that home had to get out, a, an, I guess, an aluminum tube and they had to hit him with it until he left the house. Anyway, hey, a lot of guys in their 20s, they screw up and they make mistakes. And it's not until they kind of hit bottom that they figure out, boy, oh boy, I better straighten my act up. Maybe that's happened for Chad Kelly. If it is, that kid can play football. And we've seen it during the preseason. We've seen it during practice. We've seen him be the first one on the field during training camp and the last one off. We've seen a lot of really, really good stuff from Chad Kelly. Can he maintain that? It, you know what? Trust. We talk about trust all the time. It takes a lifetime to build, and one second, one bad decision can eradicate trust. Speaking of trust, I think it's really interesting. Uh, Pete Meisel, who responds to a a lot of things on on Facebook, used to work for Network Indiana with Bob Love on Network Indiana Sports Talk. Pete was talking about how maybe this abdication of a position of trust by the Indianapolis Colts throughout this entire Andrew Luck drama Maybe this winds up being the same kind of thing that happened to the Pacers back in the day 10, 12 years ago with Jamal Tinsley and others. The eight-second saloon thing, Jamal Tinsley's brother, shooting him up downtown, all that kind of stuff. Um, There was an abdication of trust with the Pacers and, and their fans. And it cost the pacers dearly. They're still trying to build back their popularity and sell tickets at the level that they did before all that mess. The Colts, they kind of don't have that problem at this point, but at what point is there a tipping point for that trust? At what point do Indianapolisans feel like, you know what, we can't trust these people, and here's the deal about trust. You watch the Brickyard 400 and see how many fans are in the stands. That used to be a tough ticket. Now, you man, there are many more empty seats than there are asses in seats at the Brickyard 400 and what happened there is there was a a schism between the the fans and NASCAR there was that moment of distrust remember all that tire stuff where they had the mandatory red flags every 11 laps or whatever and people were like what kind of what kind of outfit is this I paid good money to watch this and you know what since then They've drifted away and drifted away and drifted away, and they may never come back. In Indianapolis, you cannot betray the trust of fans. Look what happened with F1, right? The United States Grand Prix, remember? A big, th- that, that was terrific. It was all kinds of fun. F1, and then you had the Michelin problem. You had the tire issue and the chicanes. And fans were like, and so the cars, they didn't run. They felt it was dangerous, and they didn't they ran one lap, and then they pitted. And the fans were like, "Oh, I paid for this." And that was the end of F1 in Indianapolis. If you break the trust of people here, they remember it to their graves. The colts need to tread very lightly in breaking the trust of fans. They need to communicate honestly with fans. And the one guy who has been resolute about doing that is Chris Ballard. He's kind of saved the Colts' bacon throughout this entire process. In the two and a half years he's been on the, on the job, and I've gone through the transcripts, as have others at the Colts' complex, other media guys, not a single line, not a single untruth. Now, do they keep things in their pocket? you know, a few facts that they don't want to divulge. They don't want to make public knowledge. Of course they do. But Chris Ballard, when he speaks, he tells the truth. And that's really, really important, especially in the city of Indianapolis. Let's talk about IU basketball. Archie Miller, he was down in Evansville at Evansville Harrison High School last night, spoke to a bunch of fans. Prior to that, he spoke to the media and he said some interesting things. He talked about Jerome Hutter, how Hutter is progressing. I'm getting tired of that word. I got to tell you the truth. I either want a guy to be healthy or not, right? But I guess as long as he is progressing, that's good. He's going to participate and has participated in workouts. That's a good thing. If Hutter's healthy, Indiana's got a chance to be a different team a lot of people point to his injury and in his surgeries as sort of that pivot moment for this team for that program last year where if he had been healthy they would have had greater depth and they would have had greater success hard to argue with that if Hunter's healthy this upcoming season and if he can contribute that's a big deal uh, Archie also said that the freshmen, they're going to uh, make an impact, not just contribute, but make an impact. That's Trace Jackson Davis, who we would as, we'd assume he's going to make an impact, right? He's one of the top 30 players in his graduating class nationally. So come to Indiana, you would expect him to be good enough to be able to make an impact. But then you've got uh, a guy who I really like, and that's Armand Franklin out of Cathedral High School. I think Armand's got a hell of a chance to do a lot of really, really good things he understands that in basketball it's about the five guys on the floor Armand a lot of Armand's game is about making the other five guys or the other four guys on the floor very very capable right putting them in a position where they can succeed it's also about doing those little things that save a possession or cost your opponent a possession here and there I saw him last year for Cathedral get a bunch of hustle offensive rebounds that helped his team win games if he does that at in Indiana he's going to become a fan favorite immediately Joey Brunk he's also going to help this team it returns a lot of guys and uh but I think that it's going to be the freshman along with Joey Brunk coming in he, because you lose Jawan Morgan you lose Romeo Langford you lose Evan Fitzner you lose uh, Zach McRoberts and somebody has got to kind of pick up the slack in a number of areas, given the void that these players no longer being there represents. And in Indiana, it's got to be the freshman and Joey Brunk. You're going to get some internal improvement. Uh, Jerome Hunter as well. If he's available to go, you, you think Deron Davis is going to be healthier this year, maybe back to 100% health. If that happens, that's a good thing. And that's a year-to-year improvement. Indiana's going to have to get better. Indiana really needs a trip to the NCAA tournament. I got them with 20 or 21 wins. I think that that's realistic. I don't think that's pie in the sky, you know, elevated expectations. I think they should be able to do that, given what the Big Ten is this season and giving their non-conference schedule, which, let's face it, in the month of November is Cupcake City. He, uh, Archie Miller also talked about um, how he loves Evansville. He said this. Yesterday, he said, this is one of my favorite cities in the state. I come here as often as I can. And we all knew what that meant. It meant that he likes recruiting Christian Landers. All right, Christian Landers is the 16th-ranked player nationally as a point guard. And not just in that position. I At all positions, he's ranked number 16. But he's a 16th-ranked player overall by 24-7 sports. Christian Landers would be a guy who would project to be a difference maker for the Indiana Hoosiers. In the class the recruiting class of 2021 um what else did oh he was talking about UK resurrecting the IU UK basketball series and I'm telling you here's where I am with that I am in lockstep with Fred Glass baby I want that thing to be played on campus all right and I know Rupp Arena isn't strictly speaking on the campus of the University of Kentucky but it is in Lexington it is their home court all right I want a game there. I want a game in Simon Scott Assembly Hall. If you want a third game to rotate between Indianapolis and Louisville, I guess I can see my way clear to believing that's a good idea. But if you can't get the chicken shit John Calipari to show up in Simon Scott Assembly Hall where Christian Watford broke his heart and sent his, sent his ass back to Lexington with his tail between his legs, to hell with it. I want him back in Simon Scott Assembly Hall if we're going to resurrect this series, he's got to come back and play in front of students, because that's what college basketball should be all about. It should be about the student-athletes, and it should be about the students and their ability to get to games. If you play in Indianapolis, how many students are going to be able to come up to that? You know what I mean? In the NCAA tournament, there and there are some of these things like the uh, Jimmy V Classic and the Maui Classic, and you can play in Cancun, or the Battle for Atlantis, all of that stuff. I get it. All right. Those are neutral court games that are fine. That, that's the way that works. All right. But when you schedule team and team, we're scheduling with Kentucky. All right. That has got to be on campus. There's got to be a campus aspect to that thing. Because the students and the people down in Monroe County deserve the best games, not just the weak sister games against, you know, northern Arizona and northern Texas and northern Florida and all the directional schools in Simon Scott Assembly Hall, along with the Big Ten uh, games. They deserve great non-conference games. In Simon Scott Assembly Hall as well, and that includes Kentucky, and if Kentucky won't make that concession, to hell with Kentucky, uh, we don't need them. We've gotten along since 2011 without them on the schedule. I got no problem going until 2031. With them not on the schedule. If you're gonna put them back on the schedule, they gotta come to Bloomington to prove who's the best team among those two states. And by the way, Kentucky, how about recruiting some Kentuckians? How would that be? How about have your state kids represent your state university like Indiana is committed to doing? How about that? That's sports, another, but sports, by the way, Cubs tonight, 7'10, Noah Syndergaard and uh, Kyle Hendricks. That's a pitching matchup. That's going to be a terrific game. Make sure and watch tomorrow night, Colts, Bengals, about 7 o'clock from Cincinnati. Uh, Greg Rakestraw and Rick Venturi on the call on TV. I can't wait for that. I can't wait for Breakfast with Kent tomorrow morning on Facebook Live at 8 o'clock. I can't wait for the next Breakfast with Kent on Periscope Live about 15 minutes later. It's a show so nice. We do it twice. Uh, all that tomorrow, all that today brought to you by the great people of Today's Dentistry. Join me now. Join me tomorrow. Join me forever.